2: Good afternoon everybody and thanks for joining me today on Invest Talk. It is Friday, January 4th. Well, it's hard to believe, but we're already into the first week of January of the new year. And I welcome you to Invest Talk as I do Invest Talk as I do every day. I'm Steve Peasley and, and again, thank you for joining us. Our daily objective here is to make you a better at, a better investor. Get you get you to make better decisions to help you achieve that goal. I try to provide, Justin and I try to provide unbiased opinions and insights and try to give you the facts of what's going on. And it's not always the same thing as what you hear in the popular press. The facts are not always the same. And we also answer questions, your questions, your investment questions. And hopefully that clarifies what's for you, what you're doing and why you're doing it. And and along the way, we all learn more and more. The number, our InvestTalk time listener line number is 888-99-CHART. We're live right now, 4 to 5 Pacific time, Monday through Friday. So you can call and get online with us. You can call that number anytime and ask ask questions anytime after hours. And just leave your voicemail with the question there, and we'll get to it. Now, today, starting off, the market started off strong right from the get-go. And that was all 30 Dow stocks were up in the green. And now, I mean, we start off up 300 points. Now, it ended up being up 747 points, gaining back all what it gave back yesterday, right? Got it all back a little bit more. But um, and so the market was up about 2% for the day, and the, the, let's see, the, Dow, the Nasdaq was up 275 points, and the SP up 84. Um, those are pretty big moves uh, down and up. So we have a lot of volatility. So what drove the market today? Well, do you remember the ADP, ADP report we talked about yesterday? That was a, That's the unemployment. That was the jobs report for private sector industry, and it was up pretty strong. Today, the official number came out from the Labor Department, and it was up 312,000 new jobs. 312,000 new jobs were created in December. That was almost twice the expectations. Almost twice. 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 Two times. And of course, um, you know, blue-collar workers had the strongest gains, and some of the strongest gains since the 1980s, manufacturing jobs. That's kind of interesting. At the same time, the unemployment rate went up, not down. Unemployment rate went up. It was 3.7% the month before, and that was like, you know, what, 50-year low or so. And it went up two tenths of percent. Well, how is that possible when you had twice as many jobs created in December than you expected? Shouldn't unemployment rate go down? It would if one point six million people didn't rejoin the labor pool. Remember all those employ, all those past employees that uh, that for years people were saying they'll never come back, never come back into labor pool. They're gone. Jobs for those people, they're unskilled they have, or have the wrong skills, are gone manufacturing jobs are gone. And now all those people are starting to look job, for jobs again. Now the government's starting to count them again. And that's why the unemployment rate went up. 1.6 million more people they counted. So, you know, the that's not you know what's interesting is we have this dichotomy going on. We have a very strong jobs market. It looks really great, but you got a little uh, problems brewing out there. And the ism numbers looked weak that you know they're, they're still showing that the numbers above 50 is showing growth and it's still above 50 but it fell pretty hard from where it was and of course you know we talked about apple and china apple sales and they were decelerating in China and I mentioned yesterday it's not apple it's China it's not apple it's what's going on in China China is weakening their growth is slowing down pretty fast. They're still growing, but slowing down pretty fast. And remember, China's got a big problem. They got that huge population. They need to produce twenty million new jobs a year to maintain parity. Parity. And parity means how much money they're making per person versus how much money we're making per person. Now, we make a lot more. Matter of fact, the numbers are uh, $9,000 for the average for GDP per capita for in China, $9,000, compared to the United States' GDP per capita at $63,000. They, so they're way behind us on per capita uh, uh, income, and they need to continue to try to close that gap. They need that 20 million new jobs a year to do that. And that's why we will probably win this tariff war with China because they need, it, well, they need the trade way worse than we do because it's 25-plus percent of their economy and our foreign trade is about 12% of our economy. So need it, they, that's much more important to them. Remember, our trade surplus, the trade surplus China has with us how do you think they're paying for all the infrastructure and all the things that they're doing? They're doing it with our money. Not, I'm not saying we need to go into a war or anything. I'm just saying we need to have some fairer trade. We want them to do well, but we want us to do well too. It's as simple as that. So the Fed increased interest rates this year. Do you think they will? I have suggested that they may not a matter of fact, it's a 50-50 chance, according to most experts, that the Fed will cut cut interest rates this year. Not just not increase them, but cut. I don't think they're going to cut. I just don't think that they're going to increase them. They may bump them one more time, and then they may reduce it one more time. Would that be a a cut? I, I wouldn't say that. It has to be cut from the level it is today to be a cut. So we're gonna. This is gonna be an interesting year. So gas prices increased overnight because the oil prices peak time peaks popped up. So that's after 85 days of a streak going lower and lower and lower for gas prices. The average is about two dollars and twenty five cents now. Interesting stuff going on, and I just want to let you know that I'm gonna be in San Jose on January 23rd. If you want to meet, space is limited, but. You know, you can register early. I can meet, you know, I, I put these things on. I meet one on one with individual people, talk about the portfolio, talk about our programs, and just go to investor.com Just send me an email. So there's always lots to talk about, everybody. What is on your mind? Give me a call 888 99 chart. Let's go to Danish, Danish, Danish in Kansas. How are you doing, Danish? Doing good. How are you, Steve? Good. Thank you for the call. Hey, um, I have a question. Um, after Jerome Powell's um, comments about interest rates this morning, um, what, what sectors do you think will be uh, most affected by it? Well, let's make sure I heard the same thing you heard. I heard that he said that they have not they have no they have nothing set in stone about what the rates will do going forward. That they don't right. they don't really is that kind of the same thing you got from that? That they may yes. raise them, they yeah. may write, they may lower them, you know, they may do nothing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, what my will work assumption good? is I'm assuming uh, they will they will stay where they are in two thousand nineteen. Yeah. Yeah, that kinda of is my assumption too, is they probably won't go up. When the market believes that, Dennis, we should have a rally in the market. If the, when the market believes that the Fed has stopped raising rates, that should be a positive for the market itself. So um, now what what will happen? What detectors will, will do well? Well, in a flat interest rate environment or a lowering, lowering interest rate environment, Uh, That reduced costs, and it'll be a broad-based rally. Uh, And I would think that, you know, the high-growth stocks won't necessarily benefit from that. They're not the ones who benefit the most. The ones who benefit the most are those people who borrow a lot of money because their borrowing costs will no longer go up. So I'm thinking maybe certain kinds of REITs would do very well. Not necessarily, you know, housing REITs, but maybe, yeah, Hospital REITs and warehousing REITs, and uh, maybe even office building REITs, those kinds of things. I, I favor the hospital, the Medicare REITs, Medicare kind of uh, REITs out there, medical care REITs. That would be my probably number one thing if interest rates don't go up. Denise, appreciate the call. Thank you. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. We're headed into a quick one minute break. And I'm taking their questions now at 888-99-CHART.
0: It's a new year, welcome to 2019. Steve and Justin are always grateful when you make Talk a part of your daily routine. And their unbiased guidance can be an invaluable aid to your efforts at building a strong portfolio. So, as you work and plan for a comfortable financial future, please keep listening to our live Invest Talk programs and be sure to tell your friends and family members about Invest Talk and the 24 7 availability of program podcasts at investtalk.com. The phone lines are open. Steve is here and he's ready for your questions. 888 Chart. 888 99
2: Chart. Nine nine We're going to talk to Art in Menlo Park. How are you doing, Art? Good, Steve. Happy New Year. Um, Thank you. I was you wondering about uh, Chevron. Um, I'm uh, already in. I just wanted to uh, get my last uh, half position on it because uh, I got in roughly about 119 or so. And uh, okay. it actually dropped down to uh, in the low one hundreds for a little while there. I was just wondering, uh, do you think the uh, oil prices have uh, bottomed out? Hmm. Hmm. I think it's very possible, but if we go into recession art, the answer is no. Okay, but it's possible because I am they they've fallen quite hard already. Uh, so I think they might. Might just stay low for a while, and you know if you can handle holding on to Chevron with a four percent dividend without it doing much as far as growth, then this is a place you could buy it because it bounced off that bottom. You know it went down to about one hundred and one, right? It's one hundred ten now. Right. That's a, that's a that's where it got. I think it might retest that. Art. It might retest, retest that hundred dollar area. What? I think the hundred is about, I think a hundred dollars, 101, 102. I think that's as low it's going to go, but it might retest that lo- low again. And that's where, if it bounced off again, that would be a double bottom. And a, on a stock pattern, a chart pattern, that is a very strong pattern. But you can also buy it right here, because uh, it could be a V bottom, which is what it's done so far. Uh, I don't think it's going to go above 120, 125, but. You know, you're trying to get the a, a low price put on a position, on a very strong stock that you could hold on forever if you wanted to. Uh, and it's growing solidly still in its sales, even with the oil prices going down. So I kind of like it. And I kind of like it here. Depends on how patient you want to be. You can buy it here and just live through it and put it in a drawer and forget about it, Art, and you'll be fine. But it may go down right. and retest yeah. at 101. I- Yeah, I just uh, was thinking about waiting for another drop in the market before I pick them up, but
0: there's nothing wrong with that thinking,
2: Art. Nothing wrong with that thinking, Art. Okay, appreciate the call. That was CVX, Chevron Corporation, CVX oil company. I didn't, don't think I needed to remind you what kind of company it was, but Chevron. What are we going to talk about today? Well, I got to talk about a hedge. I'm going to talk about the hedge fund industry. Before the end of the show, I want to talk about the job report, and I want to talk about New Year financial planning for you guys out there. What you need to do, what I think you should think about in the New Year. I'm you're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. I believe that every investor should determine their individual risk tolerance. Well, we have a program for that. We have something free. It's called you know uh, it's called Riskalyze. You go to investtalk.com, take the risk Riskalyze questionnaire, it's just a few questions, and it gives you a score, and then that sends it to me, and then I show you or demonstrate to you what the score means and what we can do about it. 888-99-CHARTER is our number. Give me a call.
0: This is Invest Talk, and we're glad you're with us today for one hour of financial news and perspective. And your decision-making process can benefit from this practical and unbiased advice, especially if you consult with Steve or Justin. Step up now with your questions. Call 888-99-CHART.
2: 888-992-4278. Our main talking point is, concerns the ISM number, the Manufacturing Activity Survey. It's a survey of big companies and the pe- people in those companies who buy raw materials to make things. And buying the raw materials, of course, is the first step in making things and selling them. So that's why what the ISM supposedly does, Institute Supply and Management. And they said they had a big, it had the biggest drop in 2008. That, that kind of like, oh my goodness, it dropped. Well, see, that's kind of misleading. You want to be very careful of the headlines. And you know, this is a little lesson for everybody. Don't just read the headlines because they're misleading. They're just trying to grab your attention. That's all that's doing. It's not telling you the facts. So when you read the headlines in the first line or two of an article that you've seen or you listen to the CNBC and you hear them blurting something out. That's to get your attention, but that's not necessarily the facts or not all the facts. For instance, the ISM number. Yeah, it went down to fifty-four point one percent from fifty-nine point three. That's five p- points. Anything above fifty means expansion of the uh, of the economy. Anything below fifty means it's contracting. So it's at fifty-four. Down from fifty nine, yeah. So, and but the headline says bad omen for the economy. ISM survey posts its biggest drop since the Lehman crisis in two thousand eight. See how that? See how they're playing on your fears there? They're talking about the biggest the Lehman crisis. They mentioned that. They mentioned that bad omen for the economy because in two thousand eight we went to a huge recession. Okay, back up. It's not that bad. It's not good. I'm not trying to pretend the direction is the wrong way. And but look at look in that in the context of the Jodge report this morning. Well, why would the Jodge report be so strong if the institute supply manager is so weak? See, so you gotta you gotta look at more than just one number. Neither one of them, the Jodge report today and this ISM number are leading economic indicators. A more durable one would be looking at the stock market itself. That is a leading economic indicator. So Take a look and deeper look at this ISM number. What it shows you and what it's demonstrating is that the tariff war with China is starting to have an effect on our manufacturers. Now, we already know that that China is having a lot worse problem than we are, but it's starting to have an effect. That you can take away from from this report and say, okay, this is where, where the problem lies. Is it going to push us into recession? If the Federal Reserve is on the ball, which, you know, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt, they will look at these kinds of numbers and look at the trade issues with China and probably not raise interest rates like they suggested they might. Now, today, Powell said they suggested that, eh, we may, we may not. Uh, We don't know. We're going to let the data tell us. Well, this data is telling you not to, but we'll see how well they listen. Because they're looking at other things, too. Inflation in particular. Frankly, I don't see inflation being a problem. But you never know. (coughs) Excuse me. Now we get a wide variety of uh, investing and finance questions on our Anytime Listener Line number. 888-99-CHART is the same number. It's live and it is recorded. So you can call anytime you want. We're live right now. Let's hear from a caller. Hey, Steve. My name is Alex calling from Oklahoma, and I was
1: just wondering about the current state of the market and what strategies you can do uh, to make money in the current market uh, with all the volatility. Lately, I've been trading options on the SPY, and I was just curious as to how you thought options would work in this current market. Additionally, how to play the market with Low capital, uh, let's say under a thousand or under even 500. Look forward to hearing your answer on the show. Uh, thanks again.
2: Talk to you soon. Okay, with that low of money, it's too difficult to try to make money in the market. I think you just need to gather more money. You need to invest in the market. And just continue to invest till you get to a certain level, and that level's got to be in the thousands. I mean, we're talking 20, 30000 before you really can take an advantage of the very strategy. Now we have we did pretty darn well in our in our equity income plus program, which is a covered call strategy where you own the underlying stocks and you sell covered calls on it. That covered call that you do every month, you make a little bit, you make premium on it, make premium on it, you make premium on it. While you're holding on to the underlying stocks and hopefully they go up too. And in a market that goes sideways, that's a good way to get some re- absolute return. You know, you want the re- you want money, you want to earn some money. And if the market goes sideways, stocks don't do anything. All the covered call strategy is a pretty good way to go. Uh so, and you know, we do it. We have a program and it's called the Equity Income Plus and actually that strategy did the best of our five strategies last year. So, well, not the stable income, that one that one did pretty good too, but, but you know our stock programs hurt. Got hurt just like everybody else, and yeah. You know, so don't think they didn't. We did. Monday on a talk, are markets overestimating the risk of recession in the U.S. Overestimating. Many experts have scaled down 2019 growth estimates to about two percent, but they still consider growth, not recession, in 2019. So that's going to be the story on Monday. I'm Steve Peasley. I'm ready to take your questions at 888-99-CHART.
0: The time is now. And if you act now, the benefit to your financial future could be measurably significant. This is your chance to sharpen your investing skills through a valuable online classroom learning opportunity. Talk Academy enrollment in invest talk academy will introduce you to a weekly series of live investing classes conducted by kpp financial principles and invest talk hosts steve peasley and justin klein you'll profit from a critical degree of focused mentoring led by steve and justin hear their full analysis of the market follow along with charts and data points understand technical and fundamental analysis Develop the mindset to become a successful investor. InvestTalk Academy offers an unprecedented value for serious investors. Register now at InvestTalkAcademy.com. Have you visited InvestTalkAcademy.com? You should. It can help you learn to invest like a pro because it features online classes that can teach you how to grow your investments independently. And you can learn more at investdocacademy.com. Have you got a question for Eve? He's here, and the lines are open. 888-99-CHART.
2: Okay, the KPP Premium Newsletter always goes out every Friday to subscribers, and I do it in the early morning. You yeah, usually I get most of it done just around when the market opens, I'm finished with it, and you know, hopefully it's packed with. Uh, I think it's packed full of information, you know, that is helpful to you and gives you a good idea of what's going on in the not only the U.S. economy, what's going on in the bigger picture, and you know, I started the, I started out the today with the new year started with a more volatility, okay. Um, and, I'm, and I said I was convinced that we're going to see that for 2019, just more volatility. I don't think it's going to stop. And I think we're going to have to all get used to it. It's just that simple. And traders, you guys out there are traders, you actually should like the excess volatility because it gives you, you know, with the swings in prices, think about yesterday and today. I mean, we're talking, what, a 1,300-point swing, 600 down, 700 up? That opportunity to make money if you're a trader, but I also mentioned that most traders lose money. So, yeah, bear that in mind. Anyways, so um, everybody's asking. I mentioned a new layer. What direction is the market going to go? Uh, and I'm telling you that most of the major exchanges around the world are in bear markets already, and we are close to a bear market. Mentioned Asia, Germany, Europe. You know, all, all these places have problems. And uh, we're the strongest looking market, major market out there uh, among them. That we're the strongest looking. How Look how weak we are. So we're just not nearly as weak as they are. So something has to happen to change that scenario. What, what is that something? I even mentioned the possibility of what the something would be, and that would be a, a deal with China, a trade deal with China. That could be a catalyst. In the portfolio management section I talk about the Fed's fund rates, you know, and and the attractiveness of owning bonds. You know, if the if the Fed does not raise rates in this year, like I suspect, even though remember they have said they were gonna raise it two times, today Powell said they may not. But let's say the Fed doesn't. That's gonna make bonds, bonds themselves are gonna look attractive. Because they won't go down in value, and you, we have been able to buy bonds below par in 2018. What happens when they start to, the interest rates start to flatten or actually go down? Those bonds are going to go right up to par, and it's going to look like we're making a lot more money. But the yield to maturity is really what you got to focus on. Anyways, that was under that section. You know, you know. Yeah. It's always hard, and the consumer I gave a couple of stock ideas that I thought were pretty good. Uh, maybe not for right now, but to add to your uh, your stock list, your watch list. Consumer Watch. I talk about you know I often talk about scams. This time I mentioned unsavory brokers, advisors, and salesmen in the in in the in the financial industry, the industry I'm in, and make sure that, that I stress to make sure you have CIPIC insured or. F- SIPC insured or FDIC insured institutions that you use. And remember FDIC is for banks. SIPC is for your 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 trading accounts, your investment accounts, okay? And there's always a lot of a lot of valuable information every week. I, I work hard to make sure that there's information that you can use. It's a KPP premium newsletter. You can subscribe. It's like I think what's the price of that these days? I think it's twenty dollars a month. You can get subscribed going directly to InvestHot.com. Remember it comes out every week, every Friday. Take a look. Go to Investhot.com, check out the details. Okay. If let's go let's go ahead and go to Chris in Walnut Creek. How you doing, Chris? I'm good. How you doing? I'm good. How you doing? I'm good. Thank you for the call. Hey, uh, thanks for uh, taking my call. Um, I actually have a question about EPS. I'm uh, uh-huh. looking at this sticker symbol this X as in X-ray, L as in Louis, and B as in Victor. It's like up here ETF, I think. Um, what do you think about this? Think about this? Okay. I, I like the area. Uh, this is a, a – XLF is the um, – a healthcare ETF, a healthcare exchange-traded fund seeking the performance corresponding to the S and P Healthcare Select Index. Okay, so it's in the healthcare industry, and you know I would look at the top holdings in there to see what kind of healthcare is it. Is it hospitals? Is it assisted living facilities? What what kind of healthcare or is it? Or is it insurance? So you really want to know what's in that uh, yeah, healthcare select index before you you buy it. But I do like the area of of healthcare simply because the baby boomers are getting older and they're going to need more and more healthcare. I don't see how that's going to slow down. I think the fundamentals, the basic fundamentals for the healthcare industry are strong. Okay, and therefore I think that's quite attractive. This this ETF fell. Uh, right down to like $79 a share back in February, April, and in May and then it shot up to 94 and then in October, you know how October was, it fell for all of October, bottom of October, then went all the way back retested the highs of 95 in early December, then it fell like a rock in December and now it's I think it, now it looks like it's a possible buy Chris. So I kind of like it where it is right now, kind of like it. XLF, appreciate the call, thank you. 88899 chart, 8889924278. This morning, in one of the major papers, the financial papers, I was reading this article. AQR founder rejects insane criticism of quant funds, and what it was is he was whining about the the these uh, the hedge funds called quant funds that use uh, computerized trading. Okay, we all know what that is, right? And, and that they're being blamed for all this volatility, and he's saying that's ridiculous. But I didn't take away, I didn't care about him and what he thought. I took away from this article something else I wanted to share with you. And you know what? You need to learn critical reading of these things. Critical reading is, is you know, of, of anything, is important. Try to delve into all the facts. Try not to get caught up into name calling and who did what to who and all that stuff. So go for the facts. And these are the facts that I took away. Now this is a hedge fund. He, this guy, uh, Clifford Ernest, it runs one of the largest hedge funds, uh, and it, you know, it's about well, I think it was two hundred, but. $200 million. One of its head funds is, is a long-short equity fund, okay? So now if you're thinking long and short, meaning that you're buying stocks long and you're selling stocks short, now those two offset each other. Right? So in a bear market, the shorts would go up and where the longs go down and vice versa. What struck me is how much money they lost, down this long short fund that he runs lost sixteen point three percent this year. This whole industry, this this quant industry, is about a trillion, a trillion dollars with a T. So it's huge, huge. So are they going to do they push stock market? They certainly can. They are big enough to be to push stock prices up and down. They are. But I want to I take away from this everybody thinks hedge funds are gonna can make you lots of money and you get rich you can also lose all your money matter of fact the hedge funds if you read this article you'll find you'll find that a couple of the hedge funds went under but notice how you don't really hear about those they quietly go under or they quietly get folded into another hedge fund and they only keep out there the hedge funds that are that are keep uh, that are still running. All the other ones disappear. So you don't really get a good sense of how much money they're actually losing because once they're out of business or gone, no one reports on them anymore. You're, they're just gone. And now what's left are the better hedge funds and those get reported on. Hedge funds are very risky people. You do not need to participate in that part of the market. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we stream and broadcast Invest Talk live in the 4 o'clock hour Pacific time, 4 to 5, weekdays, Monday through Friday. And of course, it is always available 24 hours a day, 7 days a week via our archived podcast at investtalk.com. So I hope you will take advantage of that and also spread the word, tell your friends, family, everybody you know. I want everybody to listen. And please, please, you can always download those podcasts anytime you want, listen to anytime. You don't have to be tied to the to the computer. Take it with you on your phone. You can listen to it while you're working on the farm in the back. The lines are now open. We're taking your financial investing questions live 888-99 chart.
0: This is Invest Talk and Steve Peasley is returning to San Jose to meet with invest listeners that understand the value of receiving a free portfolio review from steve mark your calendar wednesday january 23rd if you live anywhere in northern california you should reserve your space for a no-cost portfolio review consultation Steve will analyze your portfolio's strength and weaknesses so that you can start 2019 with a much better chance of building a comfortable financial future. Register now at investtalk.com. Okay, you've got finance and investment questions. Steve is here, and you can get his unbiased answers. Call now, 888-99-CHART. Hey, good afternoon, Justin and Steve. This is Andy calling from Salt Lake City. Uh, the question I have today is about Celgene, ticker symbol C-E-L-G. I got into this about $90 a share about a year ago, and it, it dropped quite a bit. And today they came out with news that they were going to be acquired by Bristol-Myers Squibb, and the stock jumped up about 20%. If I sold today, I'd still be down. I just want to hear your thoughts on uh, if I should hold out and wait and see what happens or just cut my losses um, with this jump up and sell it. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Thank you.
2: Well, you would sell it. Okay, that's the quick answer. Let me explain why. When when company A buys company B, and I explained this before, okay, they make an offer. So Celgene is being uh, made, uh, bristol Miles Squibs made an offer 20% higher than the stock price is selling that. And remember it was selling at what $60 $70 $65 $67 a share now it's at 84.90. And so they made an offer to buy the whole company. Okay, so what's going to happen? What can happen? What those three things can happen? The deal can go through, the deal could fall, or the deal the the I mean the deal could go through, the 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 deal could collapse, okay? Or they can you get a higher price for the stock for you know, higher price. They might negotiate. Those are the three things that could happen. Okay, so most likely it is either going to fall through or go or or be successful. That's the two most common uh, almost all the time when company A offers to company B the deal goes through or it doesn't. It collapses. If it collapses, you're going to go right back down to your price that it was. If it goes through, you're going to get about $90 a share from $84 a share. Because it, it always goes up to a little bit below what the deal was. So why would you take that chance? And it could take a long time for the deal to even go through. So now you're sitting on dead money this whole time. So I wouldn't take the chance. I'd never take the chance if the, uh, no, yeah, you're going to get less than what you bought it for. Well, that's, that's that's how it happens sometimes. But I would take the deal and go reapply the money to something else. That's what I would do. That's the smartest thing to do. I've seen too many deals go uh, fall apart. You know, there's a lot of them to fall apart. Most of them go through. But the rare one gets, you know, the negotiation. They get a bidding war. Maybe someone else comes along and makes a better offer. That's pretty rare. So, you go with your odds. You take the money and you run. Celgene, C-E-L-G. is being bought by Bristol Myers Squibb. 888-99-CHART. 888 4278 So, we had 312,000 new jobs put out today. 312,000. That's twice the expected number. And so that means uh, the the jobs market is still very strong, even though the unemployment rate went up to 3.9 percent from 3.7. That was because 1.6 million more people entered the job market that weren't there before. The way the government counts, they don't. You you think that the government counts unemployed people? Well, you're wrong. They don't count unemployed people. That's not how it's computed. They count people that. Uh, they're unemployed that are looking for a job, but if they stop looking for a job, they don't get they don't count them anymore. So, 1.6 more people started looking for a job, therefore added to the pool. Therefore, the unemployment rate went up, even though they produced 312,000 new jobs, twice as many as one. But what also was interesting, they added over 100,000 to the previous two months. 100,000 more jobs. Don't you find that pretty striking? I I do. Okay. At the same time, we see, you know, a couple of economic numbers weakening. Is that telling us what? We're getting a confusing little picture here. How about the leading economic indicator that came out this week was unemployment claims. That's those people, you know, applying for unemployment benefits, and that went up. This week, a little bit more than expected, but I don't find anything odd about that since those people that had holiday jobs, you know, don't have them anymore. They were laid off, the part time jobs. So we won't really get a clear picture of that yet. This is the Best Talk, and I'm Steve Peasley. Our program is winding down, but we still have about 10 minutes. And remember, please, we our inner time listener line number is always open around the clock, it's open right now. You can call right now and get live. 888 99 Chart.
0: On the next Invest Talk, many experts have scaled down 2019 growth estimates to 2%. But this cannot be considered recessionary, so, are markets overestimating the risk of recession in the U.S.? That story Monday. But now, Steve is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your calls. 888-99-CHART.
2: 888-992-4278. We're going to talk to Mark in Newark, California. How you doing, Mark? Uh, Good
0: afternoon. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, I was wondering what your thoughts about Caterpillar, C-A-T. Is that thing going to go anywhere, let's say, in the
1: 140
0: range and then... Next
2: six months or so. I think it has the possibility there. I think it's going to struggle though for a while. And why Caterpillar? Everybody, it's, of course, it's you know it's a seventy-six billion dollar company. It's a great company. Manufacturers, construction, and mining equipment, diesel and natural gas engines, turbines, and locomotives and therein lies the product market. It's very cyclical, meaning in an economic cycle, a late economic cycle usually means Caterpillar suffers, and in the middle of an economic cycle, it takes off, which it did, okay? Uh, so okay. I- I'm thinking that, I'm thinking that you're late in the economic cycle, even though it's a good price for it. I mean, you know, the PE is only 11, and going forward, that PE is only going to get lower if, if it stayed the same. It's, it's, it's sales will fall off like a stone during a recession. But are we going into recession anytime soon? Well, we have China who's suffering. We have the EC, EU who's suffering. Those guys are, looks like, are heading to recessions to me. So I think Caterpillar is just not the right time to buy it. I would feel much more comfortable if you would buy Caterpillar in the middle of a recession. And if you have to wait two years before that happens, wait two years. Don't be in a rush. Okay. That would be okay, my suggestion. You. Okay, thank you. Thank you for the call. Caterpillar, C-A-T is the symbol. Let's go to Nicholas in San Diego. How are you doing, Nicholas? Oh, very well. Thank you so much, Dave. I really, really love your show.
0: And I have a question about KHC, Kraft Heinz. wonder if it's a good
1: time to buy yes. it.
2: Okay, it also is very, very cyclical and got beat up. It may be at the bottom of the cycle, economic cycle. Are we at that bottom of the cycle? I I think we're not. I don't think we are, uh, even though it's also, like Caterpillar, very inexpensive. But their sales, instead of going up, are actually going to go down. uh, No, take that back. Take that back. It's going to go up about 2% next year, not down. So that means that they're going to make about $3.73. It's a $44 stock. That means the P.E. is 11, 12 P.E. That's pretty low. That's their five-year low of their range. But they don't have a lot of growth. If you buy this, Nicholas, for the dividend, which is 5.6%, their cash flow is very high. They can afford that dividend. And I don't think they're ever going to cut that dividend. So if you want to buy Heinz Kraft here... And you can just hold it through the recession and collect your 5.6%, it will be higher price. This stock will be higher price in a year, two years, three years down the road. Meanwhile, you get 5.6% a year. Okay? Appreciate the call. KHC. But you might have to live through the recession to get that higher price. That's the problem. And it could be very, very difficult. You know, to hold it. Most people have trouble holding stocks through recessions because they think they're going to keep going down forever, and they don't. Anyway, the Dow was up 747 points today, the Nasdaq was up 275, and the SP up 84. We had a pretty strong market today after having a pretty weak market yesterday. So that's what we're dealing with volatility. Now, for the new year, for your financial planning for the new year, I want you to do several things. I want you to look at what you did in 2018. Not just what your investments did, but what did you do with your money? What did you spend it on? Where's your money going? Then I want you to take a hard look at all those, all those automatic paying things. What are those auto pays? Uh, their daily buy at Starbucks or whatever you're spending your money on that you really could probably do something different about. Once you've looked to took a hard look at what you did in the past, what you're spending your money on specifically, I want you to change that path. I want you to change your thinking. Stop, because you need to set some financial goals, and you need to find the earnings, the money to put aside to meet those goals. Unbind, unbind yourself from your past. If you have bad habits. Try to get rid of them. Try to understand them and try to do it, go in a different direction. I'm Steve Peasley and this completes another Talk program. And I thank you for your loyal support and, and I'll call you all your questions. I really appreciate that. I want you to have a great weekend, everybody. Justin, and I, Justin will be here on Monday and then I'll be back on Tuesday. So have a great weekend. Good night, everybody.